Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the soon-to-be-fulfilled prophecy. The kingdom of God was presented in a twofold fulfillment. The Messiah would first come as a redeemer and savior, the first coming. But then you have the second advent, which is the long-term fulfillment. And so the Messiah will return and the Jews will ask him, where did you receive these wounds in your hands? I received in the house of my friend, Zechariah 13:6. They will find out and recognize they crucified their own Messiah. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The early Christians didn't have a clear understanding of the Kingdom of God, but they also didn't have the benefit of the completed Bible that lays out God's intention for His church. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us to the book of Revelation as he helps bring to light the Lord's plan for the church and His people in a message entitled, The Coming of the Kingdom of God. The recognition of Jesus as Messiah at His first advent is unmistakable. The angel Gabriel told Mary that the child that conceived in her was of the Holy Spirit, the Son of the Highest, and that He would reign over the house of David forever and ever. And He says, call His name Jesus, Luke 1, 31 through 33. The genealogy of Jesus is traced to David through both Joseph and Mary in Matthew 1 and in Luke Chapter 3, from both sides. The announcement of the first advent of Jesus was the theocratic kingdom of God. It was God's offer to man to have God rule over his or her life through repentance. Listen to John the Baptist. He proclaimed the wilderness. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 3, 2. He broke the 400-year silence. After John was put in prison, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17. Jesus said the following regarding the kingdom. Listen to his words. Luke 10, 9, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Luke 17, 21, The kingdom of God is within you. The confirmation of Jesus to John that he was the Messiah was the accompaniment of miracles, the preaching of the gospel, and the arrival of the kingdom, Matthew eleven three through 6. The theocratic message of the kingdom of God was limited at first to Israel, as you know, because Jesus was sent to his own, but his own received him not, first to the nation of Israel. Jesus commanded his disciples, listen, in Matthew 10, 5 through 7, do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter the city of Samaria. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He sent them first to the Jew, because the promises and the prophecies were about the Messiah to the nation of Israel, the people of God. Jesus told the Syrophoenician woman, as you know, as he went up there, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, Matthew 15, 24. Now, first in priority, not at the exclusion of the Gentile as we know, but first he was sent to the Jew. The offer of, to Israel regarding the kingdom was real and genuine, as well as the rejection of Jesus by the Jewish nation. In other words, they had a choice. Just like you have a choice, I have a choice. 
Jesus, as you know, wept over Jerusalem in Luke 19, 41 through 42. He says, now as he drew near, he saw the city, he wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Every one of us have our day when God says, this is the day you decide whether you're saved or not. This is the day you hear the gospel. This is your day. Are you going to accept it? Or are you going to let blindness come over your life? It's my own decision. I can't blame the preacher. I can't blame the Bible. I can't blame the church. I can't blame my wife. I can't blame nobody. I am accountable to God. And for the day when I hear the gospel, Luke 21, 24, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And since 70 AD, when Titus came in and destroyed the nation and leveled the city and the temple, and the Jews were sold and, and just dispersed throughout the nation, they have not become a nation since then until May 14, 1948. You and I have seen the prophecy of the Scripture being fulfilled, a generation that has been blessed to see that. Almost 2,000 years without a homeland. Jesus said, Your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Matthew 23, 38 through 39. And such has been the case. Now we can better understand why the apostles had such a difficult time accepting, as well as the Jews, the church. They had the mind of the kingdom. It's coming. They were schooled. They were catechized. This is what they understood. Because the church age was in the Old Testament, but it wasn't that clear. It was a mystery. Now the mystery, the word mysterion, as we'll see in Scripture, means something previously hidden, but now revealed. It comes from the root word mul, shut the mouth. But there's nothing secret anymore. It has been revealed openly. Now is the church age. After the church age will come the kingdom. The kingdom of God was presented in a twofold fulfillment then. The first advent of the Messiah was the short-term fulfillment. The seed of the woman, Genesis 3.15. The Messiah would come at a time when the authority of Judah was removed from her. Remember Genesis 49.10, the scepter would depart from them. The Jews had to go to Pilate to put Jesus to death because they didn't have the authority to put anybody to death. They had no authority. That's when the Messiah came. The Messiah would first come as a redeemer and savior. Jesus went into the, the synagogue in Nazareth and he took the scroll of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1, and he began to read. And he rolled it up and he said, this day in your hearing, the scripture is fulfilled, the first coming. He stopped and he rolled it up. The second fulfillment is in the second coming. Micah says he would be born in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2. The Messiah would have a forerunner, his cousin John, proclaiming repentance out there in the desert. Luke 1.17. And so that's the short term, the first coming. But then you have the second advent, which is the long-term fulfillment. The throne of David would be established forever, not by Solomon, but by the Messiah at his second coming. This is very clear in 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 17. Both are there, the short term and the long term. David, Solomon short term, but long term wise, it would be the Messiah. 
The psalm gives us a little preview. If you've ever read Psalm 2, there's the preview of the Battle of Armageddon that we also get in Revelation 19. And all the armies of the world, they're gathered to destroy, to try to stop Jesus from setting up the kingdom. And the psalm says, why do the heathen rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? He says, I will have them in derision. I will laugh at them. And the psalm finishes like this. Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. Kissing is the pagan devotion of adoration and dedication to a God. He says, you want to kiss somebody? You kiss the son. <laughs> you worship him. You devote your life to him. Because he's coming to set up the kingdom. The second fulfillment in Isaiah 61, verse 2 and 3, is the vengeance of our God to establish his kingdom. And so the Messiah will return and the Jews will ask him, where did you receive these wounds in your hands? I received in the house of my friend, Zechariah 13, 6. They will find out and recognize they crucified their own Messiah by rejecting him. By rejecting him, they rejected the kingdom. And so the Messiah will have now another prophet as his precursor it was john the baptist in the power of the spirit of elijah but we've seen already in the book of revelation that elijah will literally come as one of the two witnesses in revelation 11 where the antichrist will persecute those two prophets and kill them and they will lay in the streets for three and a half days and his people are mocking them and every eye of the world has upon them with with global satellite and everything else the spirit of god will come upon them and they will hear a voice come up and they will ascend up to heaven and the world will freak out Malachi 4, 5, and 6 confirms this prophetically. Revelation 11 confirms it as certain. Listen to Paul. He writes to the Romans. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them, when I take away their sin. The time of the Gentiles is the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, the head of gold, till the last kingdom of the Antichrist, the ten toes, a comprised iron and clay. But the fullness of the Gentile that Paul is speaking about here in Romans is the full number of Gentiles to be saved before the rapture of the church. So we shouldn't be ignorant about the blindness that's happened to Israel because Jesus rejected Israel as a nation. Now, individual Jews can be saved, but as a nation, he will not deal with them until the tribulation period, as we've seen already. They made a decision, as you and I have to make a decision. What if Israel, some say, would have received Jesus in the kingdom, and it would have been set up? Then how would have God forgiven sins? Then the cross wouldn't have come and all that. Well, you're looking at it from your limited perspective, and you're looking at something with hindsight, but God knew the rejection was going to come, so when he decreed everything, he foresaw all this. For you and I, that's real difficult to understand. And so we, with our little peanut brain, try to figure out these things, and, and we think we have God cornered. He knows the end from the beginning. He has predicted the scriptures knowing all that from the beginning. And so the prophecies did not make the Jews reject the Messiah, the prophecies only declared beforehand that they would reject their Messiah. This is why Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, speaking about Israel, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to another nation, bearing fruit to it. Speaking about the Gentiles, Matthew 21, 43. So do not blame God 
for your failure or the rejection of Israel. Each person has a free will. You must decide what are you going to do. Are you going to live in the kingdom of darkness or are you going to call upon God to move into the kingdom of light? This is the kingdom of God from the New Testament perspective. Now, let's look at it from the present age perspective, where we're at right now, having this whole picture. The kingdom of God in its theocratic form is available to all who will believe the revelation of God about his son to be saved. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation, the Jew first and the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Romans 1, 16 and 17. The gospel is the only way. The Jew came first in priority, not in superiority. He was sent to his own first. They rejected, then they went to the Gentiles. For where there is no distinction between Jew, Greek, for the same Lord above all, rich to all who call upon him, Romans 10, 12. God doesn't care where you've been, what has happened. If you call on his name, he will save you. All come by the same basis, faith through grace, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. All can be children of Abraham by faith, Galatians 3, 7. All can become new creatures, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, as they make a decision to repent of their sins. All are given a divine nature to escape the corruption of this world, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4, if they come by faith. There's neither Greek, Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, male, female, bond, free, whatever, Colossians 3, 11. We're all one in Christ. And so the entrance to the kingdom of God comes through the new birth, even as Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 3 through 5. In fact, our prayers as Christians are to be with the perspective of the kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Matthew 10, 6, 10. Always a kingdom. The pursuit of the Christian is to be the kingdom. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, Matthew 6, 33. The kingdom of God in a theocratic form is being proclaimed through the church today then. The Lord asks of the church daily such as are being saved. Acts 2.47, you know that. Jesus told Peter that upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Matthew 16.18. He's building his church. He puts all things under his feet, Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. Ephesians 1.22. He calls the shots. Paul the apostle writes to Timothy. In his absence, he says, but if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. 1 Timothy 3.15. It is through the church that the kingdom is proclaimed. It is through the church that people come into the kingdom. The first, the general assembly of the church, the firstborn, registered in heaven, Hebrews 12.23. You remember the first church council in Acts 15, 13 through 17, the apostles were there, and James got up and said, you know, Simon has said that God has first visited the Gentile to take our people for his name, and the word of the prophets agree with this, and then after this, I will return and rebuild and set up the tabernacle of David once again that has fallen, so that all men can call upon him. So the church is now, and then after the church is the kingdom, and God will deal with Israel again. And so Jesus is sanctifying, purifying a bride to himself without spot, wrinkle, any such thing, by the washing of the water, by the word, Ephesians 5, 26 and 27. As you grow, as you give yourself to God, as you obey, as you're transformed, as you are changed from day to day, from glory to glory by the Spirit of God, 
you becoming more like Jesus Christ, less like yourself, that's always good. I hope you aren't satisfied with staying the way you are, but that you're changing from day to day. And so the kingdom of God will be instituted at the second coming. We've seen it from Revelation 6 to 19, the proclamation. Tribulation, great tribulation, looking forward towards the kingdom. In chapter 7 of Revelation, we saw the 144,000 sealed with the Father's name on their forehead. In Revelation 11, we have the two witnesses, Elijah and I believe Enoch is the other one. As the witnesses, giving the Antichrist and the false prophet a very hard time. In Revelation 14, verse 1, 3, and 4, we see the 144,000 standing with the Lamb of God at Mount Zion, ready to establish the kingdom. In fact, Revelation 14, 6 through 7 says this, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God! And give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the seas and the springs and the waters. The church has taught that the church has to preach the gospel to every living creature in the world before Jesus returns. That's not what the Bible teaches. If the coming of Jesus Christ depends upon us getting the gospel to everyone, he'll never come back. Do you realize that more people know about Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola in the world than Jesus Christ? Here you have the angel of the everlasting gospel, Revelation 14. He proclaims the gospel to every person in the world before Jesus sets up the kingdom. Amazing. Jesus will appear to establish the kingdom and the kingdom age on the earth. Revelation 19 and 20 is very clear. To save Israel and give them the new heart they, they so badly need to destroy the armies in the battle of Armageddon, the false prophet, the beast, and the judge of the nations, Matthew 25, separating the sheep from the goat. And Satan will be bound for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, he'll be let loose and finally sent to the lake of fire. Paul exhorts the Romans, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Romans 13, 11. The Christian has told many things regarding the kingdom of God. Listen to him. The believer has been brought into the kingdom of God's, God's dear son. Colossians 1, 13. You, as a Christian, are in the kingdom of God's dear son, the son of his love. The believer is to know. Listen. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work, preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 2 Timothy 4.18. I am not depending on myself. I'm depending on Jesus Christ who is sufficient. He died for me. He is sufficient. I'm just to abide in Christ. I'm to depend upon him. I'm to look to him. He will do it. And so the believers to know the Lord's coming. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. That's how he finishes Revelation 22, 12. That's how the Bible closes. I'm coming quickly. The kingdom parables in Matthew 13 are very key. The church age in the absence of the king. Listen. The sower is the method of the kingdom, preaching the word of God. The tares are the counterfeits of the kingdom. The mustard seed is the corruption within the kingdom. Big birds, buzzards, 
The leaven is the meal, false teaching in the kingdom. The hidden treasure, no cost is too great to enter the kingdom. The pearl of great price, nothing can be compared to the kingdom. The dragnet, only those who come in by faith can enter the kingdom. Jesus said that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. The kingdom parables of Matthew 13 are the, is a program in the absence of the king until he sets up the kingdom. In fact, Jesus said in Mark 4.13, listen to this. Do you not understand this parable, the kingdom parables? How then will you understand all parables? These are key parables to understand the kingdom in the absence of the king. What is going on? A lot of deception, a lot of corruption. Don't be deceived. False doctrine. Stay in the word. Check everything. Acts 17, 11. Be a Berean. And he says, Therefore every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure new, things new and old. Matthew 13, 52. So you use wisdom. God direct and guide you. John wrote the book of Revelation to assure the Christian of the establishment of the kingdom of God. He begins the book in chapter 1, verse 9, as John, your companion in the tribulation of the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Companion in the kingdom. He records the arrival of the kingdom in Revelation eleven fifteen. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. He repeats the announcement of the kingdom in Revelation 12:10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come, for the accuser of the brethren who accuses them before God day and night has been cast down. And he reveals the setting up of the kingdom upon the earth in Revelation 20, verse 4 through 6. And I saw thrones, and they sat on, the, on them. The judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the, their witness of Jesus and for the word of God, who had no, not worshipped the beast or his image, or had not received the mark of their forehead on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. He refers to the certainty of the kingdom at the close of Revelation, verse 17 through 21. Listen. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts Come, whoever desires, let him take of the waters of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you understand that? To me, it's pretty clear. <laughs> the kingdom is coming. This is the kingdom of God from the present age perspective. And so, now you know what the kingdom is about from these three perspectives. The Old Testament perspective, the New Testament perspective, and from the present age perspective. It is present and yet to come. It's coming, it's certain. The question is, are you in the kingdom? Or are you outside the kingdom? 
Only you can make that choice to come in through repenting of your sins. Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us of the need to make a decision in regard to our spiritual standing. And you can request a copy of today's lesson from the book of Revelation titled The Coming of the Kingdom of God. You can pick up a copy for just $4 on CD. And this message will also contain what Pastor Xavier talked about the last time we were together. So the title to ask for once again is The Coming of the Kingdom of God. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. If God's got the future planned according to His will, can Satan intervene with the events of the last days? Find out when you tune into the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com